Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week kicks off our four-week teaching series, What Lies Beneath, which takes us through the entire book of Jonah. In week one, Eric unpacks the first chapter and gives us some great ways to compare our lives to Jonah's. So what are you running from? Join us on this journey over the next four weeks as we discover what lies beneath. so much for being here today. Before we jump into Jonah chapter one, I'd like to invite you just to pray with me. Will you do that? Father, we come to you today and we are so thankful for a few moments just to listen to you and to what you're going to say to us through your word. Yeah, this is really a unique story. And as we unpack it over the next four weeks, I pray that you'd help us to listen, help our hearts to be awake to everything that you want to say to us. God, I pray that as a result of this experience, that you would truly change us. God, help us to learn from this individual who walked through so many things in life and really battled with you and he was real and he was honest and you listened to that and you worked in his life to accomplish some great things and you can do the same through all of us. So I pray that you'd help us to be ready for that. God, may this journey truly mark us and may we be very willing and ready to deal with what lies beneath in our lives. God, we'll thank you for everything that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. The story of Jonah in Scripture is truly fascinating. It's almost magical when you think about it, and sometimes it even makes you laugh. I mean, how is it possible that a man can get swallowed by a fish and survive to tell about it? But this is the story of Jonah. And it seems like most people know something of this story. They know something of the man who got swallowed by a large fish. They might not believe it to be true, but they know something of this story. I think the real question is this. What do you do with it? I mean, what do you do with the events found in Jonah chapter 1 and following? Do you kind of laugh it off as no big deal? Or is there some stuff there that we can use in our lives today? What does a man who got swallowed by a big fish have to say to our modern world, a world that seems to have different kinds of problems than what Jonah experienced? Well, this may surprise you, but I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to go out on a plank and say that I believe a man who got swallowed by a large fish several years ago has a lot to say to our modern world. I mean, he has so much to say. It's just mind-boggling. And when you get into this story, it begs you to throw yourself into the different scenarios that are there. It just begs you to personalize all of the questions It begs you to discover what may lie beneath that could cause us to keep God at a comfortable distance. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to 
throw ourselves into this story or get thrown in. And I think we're going to find some very unique things. You know, Jonah's a lot like us in many ways. He runs. He hides. He gets angry. He complains. He whines. He focuses completely on himself. And I don't think any of us ever do stuff like that, do we? I know I do. You know, there's a lot going on below the surface of Jonah's life that nobody can see. Nobody but God. And we have it recorded for us so we can learn from this. But I think the same is true for all of us. There's a lot happening below the surface of our lives that nobody sees, nobody but God. Here's our big idea for today. God can and will get my attention. He's that big. God can and will get my attention one way or another because he is that big. We're going to look at Jonah chapter 1 today. And I would encourage you throughout this experience to bring your Bible or to pull it up on your phone or your tablet because when you see these words, I mean, they just really come to life and they are quite captivating. So I'd encourage you to bring something with you so that you can follow along. Today is Jonah chapter 1. And I'm going to make some observations about Jonah's life. And then we're going to read this story. So here is observation number one. Running from God is an option. It is. Running from God is an option. And we see it right here in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Listen to this. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving to Tarshish. He brought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. So we've got our main character. His name is Jonah. And God comes and speaks directly to Jonah. Like these are audible words. And he says, Jonah, I've got a job for you. I've got something that I want you to be involved in. And it's going to be an amazing thing. Jonah, here's what I want for you. I want you to go to the city of Nineveh. Because they're having a lot of problems there. And there's a lot of people and they don't care about me. They don't like me. But I'm going to use you, Jonah. You're going to do a great work. And you're going to help the people in Nineveh see me. So I want you to go there. And I want you to deliver this message of change. And it's going to be amazing. And as we read, Jonah responds and says, well, that'll be great. I have always wanted to go to the city of Nineveh. I've heard there's just fantastic things that happen there. And I know they're a little crazy, but maybe we can straighten them out a bit. Anything for you, God. I mean, I am ready to go. I'm ready to lay my life on the line. You don't even have to pay me for this. I want to get there. Well, that's actually not what happens. As a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. God says, Jonah, Nineveh is in the plans for you. I want you to go. Deliver the message. And Jonah looks up or looks out or looks wherever and shakes his fist and says, No, I'm not going to go to Nineveh. I have heard about those people. 
And I don't want any part of that. As a matter of fact, not only am I not going to go to Nineveh, I'm going to go in completely the opposite direction. I'm going to the port of Joppa. And there I'm going to hop on a ship and I'm going to go even further away from Nineveh. No, 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 no to Nineveh. This is not a good plan, God. This is not a good thing. I am moving in the opposite direction. I'm going to Joppa. Forget you. Now, Joppa, Nineveh, this doesn't really make a lot of sense to us because we don't know these cities. I know I couldn't even put them on a map if I had to. So to help us get this, to help us get kind of real here, I thought we could perhaps picture it this way. Because sometimes God asks us to do a few things and they don't always make sense and it's a hard thing. It's not always fun. And we get frustrated and we begin to go the opposite way. So to keep this real, what if God actually had a plan for us that said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and serve these people. And I'm not even going to explain that because I think most of you get what's happening here. I want you to go and hang out with them because they have problems. And I think we all know that to be true. But you go there. You serve them. And instead of saying, okay, God, maybe something good could come of this, we kind of run in the opposite direction. And we say, no, no, no. I'm just going to hang out over here with the E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. This is where I'm at. I'm going to Joppa. I'm not going to go over there. That's too painful of a thing. I'm just going to hang out and do something over here with my beloved Eagles. I'm having problems, just like the Eagles. Oh, come on. So I'm not doing that. No. And this is kind of exactly what Jonah did. God gave a clear command. There's no doubt about it. It's not like I wonder what God wants. Maybe God's not being very clear. No, God actually said, here's what I want for you. Here's what I'm looking for from you. I want you to go out and I want you to hang with the people of Nineveh. Because I've got a great message for them. I've got something that they need to hear. They need to know about me and how I can change their life. They need to know that there is something incredible for them. But Jonah said, I don't think I can do that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to blatantly just kind of walk the opposite way. I mean, it wasn't even like he was kind of close. He just went clearly the opposite direction. And he hopped on a a ship in the port of Joppa. And from there, he sailed further away because he said no to God. God, I'm not going there. I'm going way over here. And it's almost like Jonah forgot that God can actually be everywhere. He forgot about the words that we find in Psalm 139 that say this. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute because you're already there waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark at night. I'm actually immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. 
night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. See, running from God, it is an option. But wherever we go, God is actually there. We do this, don't we? We kind of do the whole Nineveh, Joppa thing. And it's going to have different names and different scenarios, but we do this. And why? Why do we sometimes run? Maybe it's because we assume and we hope that God will just send somebody else. You know, God, I'm not going to go there. I'm not interested in that. And I know that you'll send another person, another individual will pull this off and it'll all be good. We assume and hope somebody else will get the job done. Maybe even today, God is beginning the process of tugging on your heart to get involved in something like a love week. And we begin to push that away. Schedules climb into our minds and we understand that we've got a lot going on and somebody else will get it done. There's a lot of people here. Somebody else will step up and it'll happen. No big deal. We do this. Maybe we run because we don't want God telling us what to do. I mean, this is kind of an issue for us. We don't like it when God directs us. We'd rather keep him at a comfortable distance because then we can kind of ignore him and go our own way. Here's the deal. Running from God is an option. We can do this, but it's not a good option as Jonah will soon discover. And even when we run... Even when we do that, God can and will get my attention because he's that big. Here's where the story gets interesting. Observation number two. When you lose your give a care, get ready to swim. I mean, when that's gone in your life, when you don't give a care anymore, just get ready to swim. Check out verse four. It says this. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted. It's almost like the captain said, what's happening here? I mean, don't you get what is going on around us? How can you sleep? Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Jonah's asleep, lost his give a care. Doesn't matter to him what's going on. He's actually running from God. He's headed to good old Joppa. In verses 7 through 11, we find some interesting things that happen here. The sailors actually get together and they determine that somebody on that ship is crazy. Like somebody here has lost their mind and we've got to figure out who that is. And so they really pin it on Jonah and they say, you're the one. So who are you? Where are you from? Where are you going? And is there something that you're running from in your life? They kind of nailed him. And Jonah said, all right, I'm that guy. Yeah, you got me. I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven and earth. And yes, I'm actually running from him. And the sailors said, 
dude, why would you be doing that? I mean, look at what's happening around us. Come on. How can we fix it? Do you have a thought? Do you have a plan? And Jonah says in verse 12, throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. And this is where we get our biggest clue that Jonah had lost his give a care because he actually wanted to be thrown into the sea. He wanted to kill himself. He wanted to get into the soup so that he could avoid all of this mess. The ancient Near East viewed the sea as something that God controlled. And they understood that the sea, the water, the oceans were something that the humans could not tame. And so if you wanted to get into that, then you'd lost it. You were crazy. And this is exactly where we find Jonah. Jonah was this desperate to get away from God, so much so that he was willing to do the unthinkable. He was willing to take his own life because he just had lost his give a care. Well, the soldiers aren't, uh, the sailors aren't buying it. They're like, I don't think that's the truth. So here's what they do, verse 13. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin and don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. And the sailors picked Jonah up and they threw him into the raging sea and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. When you lose your give care just get ready to swim. Because the people around you, they might just throw you in. So if you lose that, get ready to swim and just know that in that moment, God can and will get your attention. He hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't lost you. He'll get your attention because he's that big. And this is what happens to Jonah. Here's observation number three. God has a unique way of getting us to look at him. He does. He just has a unique way of getting us to look his way. Verse 17, the last verse in the chapter says, Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. See, this is what makes God so incredible. He finds a way to get our attention and make us look up at him. And in Jonah's case, he thought his life was over. He was happy about that. He was running from God and he wanted to be done. But God arranged a great big fish to come and swallow Jonah. And he spends three days and three nights inside of that fish. And while that sounds a bit bizarre and a little out there, I think it helps us understand that God will do everything and anything to save us. And God can and will get our attention because he's that big and he has a unique way of getting us to look up at him. This is what we discover 
with verse 17. It's bizarre. It's out there, but it's truth. And it's what God will do to get us to look his way. So let's try to personalize this a bit. Let's try to make it real for our lives. Here's some questions. Are you running from God? Are you? Is there something happening and you're kind of going the opposite way, trying to get as far away from God as possible? Is that you? Have you lost your give a care? Do you find yourself becoming irritated with everyone and everything around you? Like irritation is your standard operating procedure. That's just what you do with everybody. Kind of lost your give a care? Are you running from God? Are you doing the Nineveh Joppa thing? Or have you lost your give a care? And here's some takeaways for us. First of all, have an honest conversation with God about your fears. Start with this. Have an honest conversation with God about your fears. Because if you're running from him, that is being driven by some kind of fear in your life. Here's the reality. Jonah had a fear of people. See, Jonah didn't like the people of Nineveh. He didn't want to go there and he didn't care about them. Think about this. Jonah had more fear of people than what he had respect for God. There was a bigger fear of people in his life than what he had respect for God. And he just wanted to give it all away and throw his life away. And that was a choice that was driven by fear. We do this all of the time. We make decisions and choices based on fear. And when we do that, here's what happens. We walk the wrong way. We care less for others. And we invite all kinds of angst into our lives. When we make choices driven by fear, we walk the wrong way. I mean, we just do that. It happens. We care less for the people that are around us and we invite all kinds of angst into our lives. And that is just not a good place to be. So let me ask you this. Do you have any fears right now that are just driving your choices? Maybe you have a fear of really giving your life all to God because there are people there who will think things and assume things and say some things. And you have fear of people in your life. And that's just kind of there causing you to run, causing you to lose a bit of your give a care. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's a fear that God will take something from you. You know, so often we think that if we really give our lives to God, that God's going to take all of my stuff away. I mean, he's just going to come and take it because he's a mean God and he doesn't want me to enjoy anything at all. And I'll lose everything. And so I'll kind of keep God at a comfortable distance Because I don't want him doing that. I fear what God may take. When we find ourselves there, here's what we need to do. We need to walk toward God. Walk toward God. See, Jonah ran away from God. He said, I'm not going to mess with that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to run from God. And his life is in trouble right now. So instead of running from God, when all these fears invade us, and flood us and move in. Let's walk toward God. 
Now that sounds kind of nice, but how do you actually do that? I think there's two ways. First of all, you have to reorganize your priorities. Just reorganize your priorities and push everything out of the way that will keep you from having that honest conversation with God because stuff floods in and we quickly find that we just don't have time or we don't want to or it's not convenient for me to have this honest conversation with God. So we've got to reorganize our priorities so that this can happen. And then secondly, we just got to start. We just have to have the conversation. We have to get honest with God and I think you'll be shocked at how God might just meet you right there in your moment of greatest need because God can and he will get our attention. He's that big. Here's the second takeaway. Increase your awe factor. Just increase it. Grow it. You know, maybe your issue is not that you're running from God. There's something there you're trying to get away from. Maybe you're fine with that. But maybe God's just become really, really small to you. And you're not amazed by him anymore. You're not blown away with his abilities and what you see him doing in your life and in the lives of the people around you. He's just a small little icon that sits on the shelf or hangs around your neck. He's not that inspiring. I think what we have to do in those moments is we have to dig deep and we have to increase our awe factor because he is a big God. Think about this. He's big enough to handle all the small little things in our life that we don't even give to him, but he can handle that stuff. He's big enough to handle all the big stuff that comes our way. He's big enough to care. He's big enough to provide solutions. He's big enough to show up each and every time. He's a very big God and he has a way of getting our attention. He really does. So what lies beneath the surface of your life? What's there that's causing you to just keep God at a comfortable distance? Is it the running thing? Is it the small God thing? Increase your awe factor and have that honest conversation with God. Nineveh or Joppa? Where are you headed? Father, we thank you for a few moments just to talk to you about the life of Jonah and what he walked through. God, I pray that you'd help us to begin thinking right now about what you're saying to us. God, what lies beneath that causes us to just push you away? What are we afraid of? What are we running from? What are we running to? God, I pray that you'd help us to wrestle with that and just come to a great understanding that you can and you will get our attention. God, right now in this room, I think you're getting the attention of people. And I pray that you'd help us not to ignore that. Help us not to push that away, but help us to walk toward you, not away from you, but toward you right now in this moment. God, I pray that you'd bring us back next week as we think about Jonah chapter 2 and what you do in his life right there and how you can use the events there to really speak amazing things into our life as well. So God, help us to be ready for that. Help us to respond to you 
our great God who can and will get our attention. We pray that you'll do that now. Do that now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.